Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel. What a blessing. What an honor to be with you once again this week. I am Stacy Galino, your host, and you know how much I enjoy being with you each and every week. I am joined in studio today by my sweetheart friend, my little darling, your darling too, the humble handmaid, Erin Franco. Hey there, Erin. Hi, Stacy. It's a pleasure to be here again. Oh, it's always, always such a blessing to sit next to you, you beautiful daughter of the Most High God. And you know, I'm loving our topic today, Erin. Um, this is definitely in your wheelhouse, a humble handmaid topic introducing God to little ones and creating a Catholic Christian family culture. Boy, do we need to hear these words of wisdom today. So I'm so thankful that you're here today to talk with us about that. But first, you know, we always begin with prayer. So let us begin with a new prayer I found, I just found. It's so beautiful. It has to do uh, prayers for little children. So in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, look upon a little child, by nature sinful, weak, and wild. O lay thy gracious hands on me, and make me all I ought to be. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon a little child. Pity my simplicity, suffer me to come to thee. O supply my every want, feed this young and tender plant. Day and night my keeper be, and every moment watch round me. Amen. Our Lady of Good Counsel, St. Gianna Mola, St. John Paul II, please pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It sounds like that's a very old but very sweet prayer that could be taught to a child. It's, it's in the voice of a child. I just thought it was so sweet and very apropos to our program today where we're going to be talking about Traditions in the home, creating everyday habits and traditions that will foster a Catholic Christian family culture, praying with young children, helping us in our parenting, and so much more from the humble handmaid. So let's just let's just go ahead and get started. And first, backing up, everybody, you need to go and check out thehumblehandmaid.com. That is Aaron Franco's blog, where you will find much more wisdom to help you in your day-to-day life as we hope and pray to bring a Catholic culture to our families and to our world. So Aaron, can you talk with me and with us about the importance of and the ability that we have to introduce children to the faith at an early age? I mean, the Catholic Church has always emphasized that we, we're responsible for passing on the faith, for educating our children mm-hmm. in the faith. It is a grave responsibility, a very important responsibility, but it can seem a little overwhelming. So can you talk a little bit of with us about the importance of that and how we are able to do that. Absolutely. This is a topic that's actually close to my heart. I have three young children, uh, about five and under, and it's something that I've really, just in the last year, really been able to do more and more of in the home as the maturity level of the children has increased. My bandwidth has increased a little bit. (laughs) Um, So I do want to caution, if you're a young mama with if you have children four and under, especially multiple children four and under, don't be too ambitious. 
Uh, don't get down on yourself if you can't do, you know, all 50 things we're going to talk about today. Just right. start small. Uh, start by singing a song to your children uh, from Mass or something. But anyway, again, this is a very important topic uh, to my heart, especially as I've been more um, formed in my vocation and what my vocation as a, as a wife and mother involves. And as I've had more formation on what the Catholic Church teaches mm-hmm. um, is the responsibility and the role of a parent. So I do want to start with a wonderful quote on the family, the domestic church from our catechism. In our own time, in a world often alien and even hostile to faith, believing families are of primary importance as centers of living, radiant faith. For this reason, the Second Vatican Council, using an ancient expression, calls the family the Ecclesia Domestica, the domestic church. It is in the bosom of the family that parents are, by word and example, the first heralds of the faith with regard to their children. Thus, the home is the first school of Christian life and a school for human enrichment. Here, one learns endurance and the joy of work, fraternal love, generous, even repeated forgiveness, and above all, divine worship in prayer and the offering of one's life. Wow, this is so, we could just ponder on that. (laughs) For the, for the program, as you know, I mean, there are so many challenges in our, our culture. And maybe it, what I hear is th- that, you know, you can't give away what you don't have. And so it's mm-hmm. also, we, we need to form ourselves in, in the faith um, to help our young people who, by the droves, by the time they get to high school and college, are leaving the church. So we are really thirsting in our culture. So where can we start? How do we begin? Well, I would say start by grace before meals. Something very simple. Very simple. Grace before meals. Even if you have one little one, do a baby, do just do it with your husband. Get in the habit yourselves. So much of creating a culture, um, a Catholic, a Christian culture in the home is um, internalizing that in you. And then when you have a strong prayer life, when you are close to the Lord, that's just going to, to flow out and you're going to see yourself doing all these little things and sneaking in God in all these little ways in your home. Um, and so it, it sounds like you're just beginning that process of praying as a family and starting very simply with grace before mm-hmm. meals. Yeah, just try grace before meals. I would also say start by saying prayers of family every day. Do it around a meal before or after a meal. Um, or what we do in my family is we do it before bed to do prayers before bed, which I think is a very good thing to do because we really should all be doing at least a little examination of conscience at the end of the day before we go to bed. And that's a great way to, a great time and way to introduce it. Um, And it helps develop their conscience. You know, it helps mm -hmm. develop ours too, (laughs) as we, you know, they're, they're growing and developing and learning to look at their lives through the lens of morality, through the lens of virtue, as you're praying with them. It may seem so simple, but there's so much value. Mm, Absolutely. I will warn you, uh, my house is, uh, prayer time can be chaotic. It can be messy. It can be like trying to nail jello to the wall (laughs) to get get these kids to to sit down and do this perfect idyllic, you know, prayer time. It just, it's not going to happen every day. It doesn't happen every day in my house. And we've been praying for several years since our, you know, our oldest was little bitty. 
Um, so if you have, what I would say where to start would be if, if you have an infant, have a favorite song that you sing and, and as you pray over them before you put them to bed or down for naps, Amazing Grace, Immaculate Mary, um, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Just singing that um, is such a great, great place to start. And then keeping the music in the house, maybe during Advent or Lent, have a liturgically appropriate song that you sing um, before you eat or before bedtime. Uh, during Advent, we like to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel with the mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a great thing to do. And it's something that they, they like to learn. It kind of kind of catches their attention, you know. Another idea would be to try lighting a candle. Just one of those, start with one of those little pillar candles you can get at the grocery store with a saint or uh, angels or the Holy Family on it and kind of lowering the lights and lighting the candle and letting the kids take turns blowing it out each day. It really gets their attention and helps a little. It's still messy <laughs> a lot of times or they'll start to fight over who gets to blow it out. But <laughs> but it is it is a help. I feel like with parenting, I... Even the best parenting techniques only seem to work maybe 60 to 75% of the time. Yeah, so you can't have the expectation of perfection Exactly. Don't wait for perfect before you pray with your kids. Don't wait for perfect before you pray with your husband. Get through the awkward. Just do it. Just do it. And God will bless that. He will multiply the efforts and that right heart on it. Just just do it because life is messy. Life is messy. It really always mm -hmm. is. It yeah. is. Another um, another great idea of a place to start would be to go on a field trip to church. Oh. Before or after Mass or just, a, you know, a, a special day at some time. And take your kids through the church. Kind of teach them about, oh, let's lower our voices a little bit. Let's go visit the statues, the special spots in the church. Teach them the names and just let them explore and then when you go to mass on Sundays or if you're really ambitious daily mass every once in a while you can help them point out oh where's the crucifix mm. where's Mary where's Saint Bernadette where's the holy water where's the you're tabernacle always, that's mm-hmm. right Jesus that's right yeah. yeah they love it awesome awesome so I love I love the nailing can we just talk about the nailing the jello to the wall because I that is really that is that's the metaphor for the day yeah so, so really Erin what you it sounds like you're, you're talking about fostering everyday habits and traditions that will then help us to bring about this Catholic culture within our families but they're very very simple things simple things that children would respond to singing songs touching things, tactile things, going on the pilgrimage to church. Um, what are some other kinds of things, when you think in terms of just everyday habits, if, if someone's just starting out, we've kind of started with family prayer, and now there are some other things that may be at the next level that we can do. One thing that we have loved in my family, my little ones have loved, is doing a morning offering we either do it before their little feet touch the floor and they know it. They'll say, Mom, we got to do morning offering before my, te- my feet touch the floor. Um, or we do it on the way to school in the van when everyone is strapped in and can't run around. <laughs> we'll do it then, too. Uh, you, honestly, that's kind of more what it's, you know, when it's happened lately. But um, a morning offering, we have a, a little children's version that we say that um, I got from, there's a blog called Catholic Icing. 
and the it's the icing on your Catholic cake, and it's basically all about how to teach little ones about their faith, how to introduce it. And she has a little preschool booklet that she puts out. And But anyway, the morning offering is, Good morning, dear Jesus. This day is for you. We ask that you bless all we think, say, and do. And you point to your head, your mouth, and then you uh, put your hands forward like you're offering the day for the do one. So it's got little hand motions. It gets them involved. They know it because the rhyme makes it easy. Um, And they make sure that we say that morning offering every day. Oh, so it's really becoming rooted, it sounds like. And I've actually um, been a witness to to many of these rituals, not all of them, because like you said, a lot of them occur at bedtime. And that is that very, very holy time in your family in which you have these prayer times and the morning times as well. I would say very holy, sacred, sacred times. And I know you have so many more tips for us, Erin, and to-dos that we can put on our beautiful list as we build our Catholic family culture. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. I'm Stacey Galino, your host of Faith and Good Counsel, and we will be right back. This Marriage Minute is brought to you by the Willwoods community, rooted in prayer, united in service. One of the things I am sure you have heard is that communication is the key to a good marriage. What if I told you that it's not? Oh, sure, it's very helpful to have good communication skills, but what is truly needed in marriage is not a technique in how to say something. Just as a contractor does not build a house on his tools, but rather on a strong foundation, so too marriage must not be built on tools and techniques, but on a firm foundation. Scripture says everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise builder who built his house on rock. Spouses are called to build their lives and their marriage on the rock. And when we do this, not only are we building on a solid ground, but we are welcoming the one who is loved to help us love rightly. In other words, a marriage without God is more than just a house without a foundation. It's a home without love. For more information on strengthening your marriage, check us out on the web at faithandmarriage.org. Welcome back, everybody. This is Faith and Good Counsel. Stacy Galino here as your host today and speaking with the lovely, beautiful Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. Welcome back, Erin. Thank you. We're having such a great conversation today about, I don't know, nailing jello to the wall. <laughs> Actually, that's part of our conversation today in terms of introducing God to our little ones and creating a Catholic Christian family culture, which sometimes gets messy, right? As we have spoken about in the earlier segment, but you were talking before the break, Aaron, about the beautiful traditions, the everyday habits that we can begin to include in our families with our little ones to root us in uh, faith so that as the storms come later in life, that rootedness, that family communion, that connectedness is there for that child to pull from. And so I know you had some other thoughts on traditions in particular. Well, first of all, look at our church family. Look at the Catholic church that is so, where tradition is so important uh, to us over so, so long. And that our tradition is what keeps us close to the church. And it's also what points us back to Christ in a lot of ways. There's so much research, so many books or quotes I've read on the importance of tradition 
in in the family um, so that when children are out of the home, they stay close to the family, they stay close to the faith, to the morals, the beliefs of their family. So families that have strong traditions um, are often, you know, very successful families as far as staying close. So you kind of have more of the traditional traditions mm-hmm. um, that you can do. You might do a Jesse tree at Christmas yeah. or the Advent calendar. Um, one thing at Lent that I started doing last year that was incredible for our family is we made a little crown of thorns. We stuck. We got a a wreath from Hobby Lobby, and I stuck um, toothpicks in it all over it. And every time one of us made a little sacrifice. Um, for Christ during Lent, we got to take a toothpick or a thorn out of the crown of thorns. And on Easter, there were no more thorns left in the crown, and we decorated it with flowers and wow. and made a crown for him on Easter. Isn't that neat? That is neat. It's so beautiful. And, and the I kids remember got into it too. Yeah. What I, I'm just curious of a little example of a suffering or something. Can um, you, does one come to mind? Maybe a child shared a toy. Yeah. Okay. Very or good. helped me unload the dishwasher. Or so real simple I gave things. up Coke, yeah. you know, for the day or something. So just little things. And I really help the children, you know, come up with ideas. Oh, you know what? You could do this and get a thorn out of Jesus's crown. And, and they, they say, oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're inviting self-mastery and we're inviting the opportunity to have a little bit of a splinter for the Lord. That's so yeah. beautiful. Know. <laughs> you know, I, I was just thinking, Aaron, too, this kind of relates to something um, in terms of when the children are ill. There's a, a particular suffering that mm-hmm. has to do with them being sick. One of the things that I know that you have some special wisdom about is is tying in redemptive suffering in a very childlike way when the children are sick, asking them, you know, how they want to offer their sick feelings. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? Uh, yes, if, if one of the kids isn't feeling well, I'll say, oh, I'm so sorry, and, you know, love on them and take care of them. But at some point I'll say, "What? who do you want to offer up your sick feelings for today? And they'll may say grandfather or a friend or one of their siblings or me or something. But Aww. kind of teaching them early on that their suffering has a purpose and they can do something good with it. And that's just a little, a little spontaneous thing that uh, you can come up with to start teaching them that part of their faith. Yeah, in a very simple way, and it begins that root. You're planting that seed in good soil of the church's teaching and our understanding of the meaning of suffering. And it definitely has meaning and value for others, you know. And and children often become frightened. Do you know there's a lot of um, people, some are more fearful than others, but there's a lot of fear I see in children and even some adults (laughs) nowadays. But what about if one of your children approached you um, and was really, really frightened, let's say a bad thunderstorm or something scary they saw or what have you, how would you handle something like that? In terms of well, a tr- forming a tradition. Well, it's funny you mentioned thunderstorms. I don't know. I, I think this was the Holy Spirit. But a, a while back, during a thunderstorm, the kids came running to me with big eyes. And they said, <laughs> what was that? And I said, oh, good one, God. <laughs> and I said, that was a good, loud one, huh, kids? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good, I guess. <laughs> so now whenever they hear thunder and the thunderstorm I'll hear him in the back of the house 
good one, God. Oh, that's so sweet. Now that happened to work at that time. I think it's a little miracle. But if you do have a more little fearful or sensitive soul, um, I actually have a friend and her oldest is a very sweet, sensitive little guy. And she teaches him just little short, um, little short things like, for example, what does courage mean? Courage means Jesus is always with me. I don't have to be afraid. Wow. Wow. And probably have to mm-hmm. repeat that numerous times. But, but, you know, we all learn by repetition and example and tradition. And what the thing that's coming to, to me today, Erin, is the fact that your rootedness in the faith, which didn't just happen, you know, I mean, certainly you are baptized, confirmed, beloved daughter of the Most High God, and thirsting for the faith. And so you are forming yourself. And so that fruit is bearing fruit in your children. And, and these, are, I think that's one of the take-home messages today. We can give bullet points, you know, of things you can do and songs we can sing and so forth, but it begins with us, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. As parents. Absolutely. And just like Stacy said, just like, uh, the, you know, the famous parable of the sower and the seed. Yes, yes. In the Bible, um, it's not all about the kids. There is a lot that if you let God into your heart, he will bear that fruit in you and it's going to flow out. Um, it's going to flow out. You don't have to worry about thinking of every way to include God and in every way of talking and parenting and disciplining. He's going to bring it to you. It'll come to you. Right. So he honors our efforts to become more in union with him. And that just flows through naturally and supernaturally, I should say, and spiritually and beautifully to our children. Well, you know, Aaron, conflicts come up and requires discipline. That is part of our responsibility as parents. And we've been talking a little bit about how important it is for us to be rooted in our faith so that that fruit can flow. But how, how does that bear out in terms of the discipline aspect of parenting? And then what are some of the more practical ways in which we can use our faith in our discipline? That's a very good question. And discipline is something I know my husband and I are always talking about, always trying to refine and work on still. Um, But I would say um, just a few things that have been important and helpful for us. Uh, Remember that when you are disciplining, first of all, deal with yourself first and always. Make sure that there is no sin, there is no selfishness, there's nothing there's no log in your eye that you need to throw out or get, you know, get a crane to take out before you discipline the little speck sin in your three-year-old. Right. And that may be clouding your vision. You know, the mm-hmm. filter through which you're viewing what the situation is can be clouded by your own sin, by your own wounds, by whatever it is. And I just love what you're saying to, to look within first. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I know one lesson that I've had to learn too with multiple small children, all misbehaving in small ways. Maybe someone's crying. Somebody is having a refreshing magna doodle session when they should be putting (laughs) shoes on. And another one is just trying to get some milk and spills. And we're all trying to go to mass that started 10 minutes ago. And, um, but it's all these little things that are adding up. And so they seem like one big thing and they seem like everybody just needs a huge wake up call and I need to raise my voice and, you know, get ugly about it. But really just remember that dealing with each child individually it's it's small stuff it's really the little little stuff because i'm listening to that and i'm thinking oh frustration factor just went up about 10 (laughs) 10 points there 
but remembering it, it's it's that purity of intention stopping for the moment and looking within in connection with the Lord and where you are as a parent. So beautiful. And and often as a parent, there are little things that you can do to make things go better for your family. I get up early now on Sundays. I just do like an hour and a half earlier than everyone else. I have a little extra prayer time. I make sure everyone's clothes are laid out. Breakfast is at least thought about. I know I'm doing cereal or pancakes if I'm being super mom that day, you know, but <laughs> but there's a lot that you can do to make things go better instead of ignoring the fact that you could have prepared a little bit, yeah. you know, so I, I've learned um, to have more self-discipline and self-awareness with that. Yeah, so but, um, good stuff. Well, what about just some more practical things? So, so let's say we have looked within and we have examined and we're in a good place and now we need to address our children for some particular kind of behavior. Uh, I think that teaching children to be obedient is something that we all want to do, but it is it is something to make an important thing in your home. And a practical way that Michael and I, that my husband and I do that is we do live in the South, so we're all about yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, our kids are never <laughs> allowed to answer us, what? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Or speak to <laughs> us in any way, any tone of voice that is not respectful and we correct 25, 30 times a day on one kid sometimes. But um, parents are the first impressions of authority that children have. And we really point to the authority of God, too. We were put over our children by the Lord. So it's a responsibility that we are good leaders and we are merciful and we are wise. But uh, because that is a, a lot of times that's going to be children's impression of God is as their father. Right. Right. So um, another thing that we do is we have to say good apologies. Yes. And how do you do that? Um, Sorry doesn't cut it. Uh, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Oh, okay. I was wrong for blank. And then for identifying the wrong. Very Mm -hmm. good. Okay. And then what about, um, because I know we're running up against the clock, and I just know there's so, so many that we need to take advantage of and hear in our hearts. But what about the wiping the slate clean? Let's talk about that. Absolutely. I think it's important when you are when you do have a, a discipline moment to for, forgive and forget and really show that, for example, when we go to confession, our slates are wiped clean. So don't hold a grudge. Don't stay angry and irritable the rest of the day. Um, yeah. After and, after that. Okay. All right. And and very very quickly, never saying you were bad, but you made a bad choice. A choice mm-hmm. cannot be good. Right. Because sometimes when people feel they've made a bad choice or disappointed, they just say, well, I'm bad. Yeah. You know, they just give up on themselves. So that's a way to. And that can really spiral out of that. That speaks to the person and not to the action. And we do want Mm -hmm. to separate that. Well, Aaron, so much more that can be said. And I I hope and pray that this will be followed up at some point with a blog post on HumbleHandmade.com. Absolutely. From the Humble Handmade herself, Aaron. Franco, you know, you mentioned the the parable of the, the sower and the seed. And I know, let's close, please, with Luke 8, 11, where it speaks to us about the word of God. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. 
Wow. Well, I hope today, dear listeners, that you have heard a word, a seed that will be planted in good soil and will bear great fruit. Thank you once again to my guest today, Erin Franco, The Humble Handmaid. Check her out at thehumblehandmaid.com. And until we are together again, my dear listeners, I hope and pray that you will go out and bear great fruit. Be that worker in the vineyard. And I hope that you will utilize and benefit and uh, receive with an open heart some of the beautiful pearls of wisdom that we've shared here today. So until next time, we'll see you on Faith and Good Counsel. Bye-bye now. Pax Christi, y'all. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 